0: All right, praises be to our living Abba for gathering each and every one of us today for our session concerning some of the parenting styles that are in the world today and going into some of the questions uh, posed by some of the viewers. Of BQNA concerning parenting in general. So one of the first questions they want they ask is is spanking in the Bible a metaphor? Because there are those who say, well, the Bible does mention spanking, it does mention physical discipline, but it's only a metaphor. It doesn't actually stand for a physical action of spanking your child. And so this question is based upon uh, this. Uh, extended question they gave me this article and they want me to read carefully we'll go over the article later on and they also leave me this message saying matalin haga on bible mean in english it means what does it mean in english the bible is mysterious right most of the things na nasa old testament most of the things in the old testament are about christian living most are just metaphors i told them and so the person who asked the question is having a conversation with someone else who is trying to convince this person that the, Bo- the Holy Bible uh, does not teach uh, spanking. And so in this conversation, the person who asked the question in response to the other person's question says, I told them that there is direct and indirect passage in the Bible and the term palo or spanking is a direct message and not a metaphor. I also gave them the meaning of this using blueletterbible.org. Look at that. Well done. But still, they say that we should not take it literally. I am not arguing with them, but I want also to know if my understanding is correct or not. Sorry, mahabang message. Sorry for the long message. uh, But I hope you can also help me to enlighten uh, through the words in the scriptures and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. May our God Yahuwah and Christ Yeshua bless you and your family. And so the question is about uh, parental discipline in the form of spanking. Take note, we are in no way advocating physical abuse of any kind. The question is, does the Bible mention spanking? And when it does, mentioned spanking is it referring to a physical act of spanking or is it just metaphorical according to this query most of the old testament is not is about christian discipline however that's not true most of the old testament is not about christian living what is it about most of it is about king Yahusha in terms of prophecy, typology, micro truth, the whole Old Testament is all about and points to our Savior and King Yahusha. Hamashiach. So it's not about Christian living at all. It's really mostly about our King Yahusha. And so the question is, is spanking in the Bible a metaphor? Let's take a look at scriptures, Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. Don't hesitate to discipline children. A good spanking won't kill them. As a matter of fact, it may save their lives. Here we have the word spanking used in the today's English version. Question is, is spanking a metaphor? And so when we look at the TEV and compare it with another translation, for example, Proverbs 23, 13, and 14, the word spanking is not even there. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul From hell. And so instead of using the word spanking, what does the Bible use? Something that seems to be more extreme, doesn't it? Right? Because it says here, beat him with a rod. What do you have in your mind when you read those words, beat him with a rod? You imagine someone with a baseball bat, right? And the child is beaten. And that conjures up physical abuse. However, a closer examination of this passage does not reveal that whatsoever. In fact, when we look at the context, the biblical context upon which spanking and physical uh, discipline is built upon, we will see the purpose of spanking is not to physically abuse. That's not the idea of physical spanking. So let's take a closer look at this passage here, because when you read it right there and then, it would appear that the Bible is condoning physical abuse because it says beat him with a rod, he will not die. Now, what is the meaning of that? Let's go to blue letter Bible, right? Thou shalt beat. The Hebrew word is 5, five, five two, two, one, naka. Let's go take a look at what that means first. It means to strike, smite, hit, beat, slay, or kill. And so when we look at how it's used in Hebrew, we always look at the context, not only of the passage itself, but overall as the biblical message. In other words, we look at the context of the whole Bible and the context of the paragraph in which the passage is found. When we look at the context of the overall Bible and the context of the passage itself, the best use of the term beat is to strike, to smite. Okay, so it is to strike. What else? It says, strike him with a rod. The word rod is used, uh, the Hebrew word is Hebrew 7, 6, 2, 6, sebet, which means a rod, a staff, a branch, an offshoot, a club, scepter, or a tribe. And so it's something um, like a rod or a staff that is used uh, to physically hit someone. And so when we look at the passages found in Proverbs concerning spanking, one thing is clear, it is, if it's, it's, it, it's not a metaphor, in a sense, it does not symbolize something that doesn't denote physical action. It shows physical action because it says striking with a rod. And so metaphorically, that can represent spanking, right? And so there's physical action. The Bible doesn't call it in the Hebrew spanking. But in our culture, that is how it comes across as spanking. Now, what should be the focus of uh, spanking? What is it a metaphor for? Because it can be also seen as a metaphor, yes. But what kind of metaphor is it? Let's look at Proverbs 29, verse 15. The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother and so we find here a metaphor it's called rod of correction however the metaphor rod of correction it stands for some type of physical discipline and so is spanking a metaphor it could be and if it is used as a metaphor it stands for some form of physical discipline because when we look at the Hebrew words used To describe this kind of discipline, it involves striking and it involves a run. However, uh, when people read this passage, people misinterpret it altogether to think that the whole point of discipline begins and ends and continues with spanking. No, as a matter of fact, spanking is only used as a last resort. What is the main focus whenever the passages are used that show us spanking or the rod of correction? If we go back to Matthew 23, 13 and 14, do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from Hell. And so what should be our focus when we read scriptures about physical discipline? Our focus should not be on the rod. Instead, it should be on the correction because that's the whole purpose of the Holy Bible. The passages about discipline, its purpose is not physical abuse. Its purpose is to provide correction. And when is physical abu- uh, physical uh, discipline Often used. It's not used all the time. It is used to prevent a person from going to hell. In other words, during extreme cases. And so a lot of people get it wrong that when the Bible talks about spanking, every time the child misbehaves, oh, you got to get spanked. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches when we do have to spank. We have to consider the context of the situation, which is what we're going to do later. For the time being, let's get it straight. When the Bible talks about spanking, it is not a metaphor. If it is a metaphor, it represents still physical discipline. However, when inflicting physical discipline, what is the warning of the Bible? Let's read the book of Leviticus 24, 19 to 20. Although this is not about uh, child discipline. We can get the principle of scriptures here, Leviticus 24, 19 and 20. If any of you injure another person, whatever you have done shall be done to you. If you break a bone, one of your bones shall be broken. If you put it up, if you put out an eye, one of your eyes shall be put out. If you knock out a tooth, one of your teeth shall be knocked out. Whatever injury you cause another person shall be done to you in return. So the Bible makes it clear the Bible is against. A person inflicting injury against another person. What more if it's your own child? And so when the Bible speaks about the rod of correction, it speaks not of physical abuse. It speaks of physical discipline. The Bible never, never condones physical, mental, or verbal abuse. Spanking is for correction and not to inflict physical injury or abuse. This is why we need to make sure that when we do use spanking as a, res- as a way to discipline, we have to make sure that we don't end up physically injuring the child. And when it comes to spanking, we have to also respect the laws of the land. Because in some countries, I don't know if I'm correct in, in saying this, but it could be that in some countries, spanking as a form of correction is no longer allowed. It's illegal. If that's the case, then we, you should look for a different method or a different way of disciplining or correcting your child. The whole point is not about spanking. It is about correcting. Can correction, can discipline be done without spanking? Yes. Is it a sin not to use spanking in disciplining your child? No. Is it permissible to use spanking when disciplining a child? Yes. It's up to you, guided by the Holy Spirit, to determine which is most appropriate for your situation. However, if you live in countries, if you live in certain places where it is illegal to spank your child, you have to respect that as well. Uh, Not resorting to spanking, however, doesn't mean that we must forego the act of discipline. Currently, as far as I know, in the United States, all states allow some form of punishment that isn't too harsh for children. However, that's another issue that arises. Uh, What is considered too harsh, right? What is considered too intense? Uh, Now, thanks to the Child Abuse Prevention and Treatment Act, CAPTA, These guidelines all depend on the state that people reside in, so you have to check your state concerning what is appropriate. However, for us, the people of God, when we do decide to use the rod of correction or physical discipline or spanking, what does the Bible tell us? Proverbs 13.24, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful To discipline him. And so if we do decide to use the rod to spank our child as a way of discipline, we have to be careful in carrying it out. Why? We must make sure it is physical discipline, but not physical abuse. This is why we must never injure the child. Do not do anything that will cause a bruise or a welt. Or uh, cause blood to be lost, right? That is out of the question. When it says physically disciplined, just enough impact so that the child will be able to remember and benefit from it instead of reacting from it in a negative way. And so we need to be careful in carrying out this kind of physical. Discipline. So is spanking taught in the Bible? Yes. Can we discipline our children without spanking? Yes. The whole point of physical discipline is to correct our children to make sure that they remain in the path that leads to a good life, especially life that has salvation. Okay. All right. Let's go to the question related to that. Here's an article from Asianparent.com. And the question uh, attached to it is: Does it mean that spanking should not be practiced? Because this is what the article says: uh, Parents hit their children because they think doing so will improve their behavior. Unfortunately, for parents who hit, our research found clear and compelling evidence that physical punishment does not improve children's behavior, and instead it makes it worse. Ito ay ayon. This is according to senior author who's studying ng author ng pag-aaral na si Elizabeth Gerhoff. So the author is Elizabeth Gerhoff. Gerhoff, uh, Gershoff, Gershoff, did I say that right? Gershoff. See si Gershoff. Uh, Gershoff is a professor of human development at family sciences from the University of Texas in Austin. Okay, so according to her studies, um, when she conducted Uh, longitudinal studies of children and the effects of physical discipline like spanking and its effect in the long run according to her research the children have adverse effects they become more depressed more anxious they become more aggressive and so it did not have good results in the long run and so Based on her research, and not only her research, but other studies uh, that are similar to what she has done in the last 50 years, it seems that physical discipline, like spanking, is no longer um, recommended. In fact, it is frowned upon by many social scientists and psychologists as a way to go when it comes to disciplining your son or your daughter. However, with studies like this, there are three criticisms I want to point out. Okay, what are they? Criticism number one. These studies are based commonly, uh, uh, these studies are based commonly, includes openly abusive forms of physical punishment, such as kicking, punching, and beating, all under the umbrella of physical discipline or corporal punishment. So when they studied all about physical punishment or physical uh, physical discipline, they included other forms which are very abusive. (laughs) And not condoned by the Holy Bible. Like what? Kicking, punching, beating. And they included that in their study. And so we need to throw that out. Okay, because that's not what the Bible said. This is why when you go back uh, to the uh, the article, it says parents hit their children. We don't condone anyone hitting their children. Because hitting a, hitting a person with your fist, kicking a person, what happens to them? Do you get a mark? you get a bruise? Do you injure that person? Absolutely. Can you get your tooth knocked off? Yes. This is not what the Bible is all about. The Bible is very specific. A flick using a rod in a place that doesn't get injured in a, in, in a manner that is not going to physically cause any kind of bruising. That's the biblical way of physical discipline. Not hitting. And so in these studies, they lumped it all together. In one umbrella called corporal punishment or physical discipline that includes kicking and punching and beating. No, no, this is not included in the biblical teaching. What else? For well, this is number two. Uh, these studies do not factor in verbal abuse that often accompany physical discipline. Also, it doesn't factor in the house, the family dynamics, the relationship between father, mother, and children because. Oftentimes, when there's physical abuse or physical discipline, it comes with verbal abuse. It comes with mental abuse. When there are problems with the children living in a household, oftentimes it's because there are psychological problems in the home in the first place. So we have to factor that in. Research also shows that childhood aggression may be closely linked with maternal permissiveness and negative criticism so that has to be factored in as well and third and most important of all spankings quote-unquote in the holy bible okay the way the way it was meant to be implemented must be administered according to the specifications of and within the appropriate context that is recorded in the holy bible so we cannot use spanking in a vacuum it's always done within the appropriate context. And so if we take out the context and just use physical discipline, spanking, right? Leaving out the other parts that are included as a package when it comes to disciplining your children, then it will not work. In fact, it can work against you and against your child. And so this brings us to the next question. Hello, Kajan. What then is our stand when it comes to disciplining our Child, our stand, when it comes to disciplining our child, is found in one passage in the Holy Bible. If you ever get confused when it comes to disciplining your son, your daughter, look at this passage in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and the verses 4. Meditate upon that and ask for Yahuwah God to send your spirit to guide you because this is the basis. This is where we get our stand when it comes to disciplining Our children, Ephesians chapter 6 and the verses 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. In other words, before we can impart discipline, physical discipline, certain things have to be set up first. You don't discipline in a vacuum. It has to be done within the context of the situation. What is that? For discipline to be effective, it begins with the relationship. You see that? Because this passage that Apostle Paul teaches, teaches us today in Ephesians 6.4 is about the relationship, the loving relationship between a father and a mother and their children. Without that relationship, you cannot inflict discipline. It'll backfire on you. And so the Bible mentions fathers, children, you, you'd have to treat them in such the way that you bring them up. You don't put them down. You bring them up. And so this suggests to us, there's a loving relationship upon which discipline can be implemented. You take out this relationship, you're gonna get rebellion. And so the formula is something like this. If you inflict discipline, But it doesn't come with a positive, loving relationship, right? It leads to what? Rebellion, okay? But if you inflict discipline that is accompanied by a positive, empowering, encouraging, and loving relationship, it leads to what? Righteousness. So the difference there is relationship. Relationship makes the difference. That's the foundation. This is why, as people of God, if we have children... We need to spend quality time with them. We need to learn their personalities. We need to understand their capabilities. We need to understand the environment that shapes their behavior. Because the more we understand and relate with them, the more we can interact with them in such a way that fosters a good, strong, loving relationship. Once that's established, then when needed, Whenever we, in, whenever we have to implement discipline, it's going to lead to righteousness. So that's the first thing that we need to understand before we inflict any kind of discipline. What else? Let's go back to Ephesians 6 and the verses 4. You notice discipline and instruction go together, right? You see, when it comes to discipline, it should not be the case where when a child messes up, you discipline right away right? Because how many of us are perfect? Children are going to mess up. Do adults mess up? We mess up all the time, don't we? Right? We make mistakes all the time. So when it comes to implementing discipline, it should be in consonance with instruction that is given and allowing children room to grow, right? I mean, don't be overly strict this is why the bible tells us in titus 3 verse 10 warn a divisive person once and then warn him a second time after that have nothing to do with him of course the application in this passage titus 3:10 is about a divisive person right you warn him once you warn him twice after that he still does it what do you do you give him the punishment what is the punishment in this context have nothing to do With him, can we apply this principle when it comes to disciplining our children? Yeah. And so they first need to be informed. This is why we give them instruction. If we want to build a relationship with our children, we need to show them the difference between what is right and what is not right. We give them instructions. Once they know the difference and they choose what is not right, then we give them a warning. If they still choose what is not right, then we give them another warning. If they do, if they still choose not to do what is right, the Bible says, then we should do some kind of discipline. Does that make any sense? Right? And So we don't discipline right away. Okay? So when is the appropriate time to discipline? Proverbs 23, 13 to 14. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. We know what this means. Strike uh, Strike him with a rod. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. When is it appropriate uh, to inflict physical um, discipline? Not all the time. It is used as a last resort when the child is behaving in such a way that will lead him to where? Hell. I think those are extreme moments, right? And so you don't usually inflict spanking when they spill milk, right? Or when they fail to do their homework or they create a mess. When they do those kind of things where they fail, it's not appropriate to inflict physical abuse. However, if there is willful obedience, okay? willful rebellion against authority, your authority, that's something else. Those are signs that will lead them to a bad ending. This is why the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 21, 18 and 21, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son. So do those two things we need to be watchful of. If our children are displaying signs of stubbornness, willful disobedience, and rebelliousness, being a rebellious son, who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They shall say to the elders, the son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a a profligate and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town shall stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. Of course, we we don't carry this out today, right? But the point is there are children who could be in danger of going to hell. <laughs> because when the, when the when Bible says a child is stubborn and rebellious, if that is his nature, if that's a part of who he is for some reason, then something has to be done in an extreme way. So this is when we have physical discipline. not abuse, not abuse, but physical discipline. Before it's too late. This is why in Proverbs 19:18, discipline your children while they are young enough to learn. If you don't, you are helping them destroy themselves. So when is physical discipline or spanking appropriate? When it's the last resort. When they refuse to obey, even after you have given them warning. When also is it appropriate? Proverbs twenty-two fifteen. foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child rod of correction will drive it far from him when also is it appropriate to use spanking uh, so that the child can be protected when the child is engaging in foolishness that will bring harm to him self for example maybe the child has a fondness for crossing the street you tell him anak son don't do that again but he still wants to go across the street i think you have to do something about that right maybe a good spanking well the rod of correction will drive that from him or maybe your child likes to play with the oven i want to bake some cookies right they play with fire you tell them no that's only for adults only mommy can make cookies but still the child wants to play with the oven What do you do? Maybe it's time for some physical spanking because foolishness is bound in the heart of a child and there are times when only the rod of correction can drive it from him. So we have to use context. We have to use our minds guided by the spirit of God so that we can know when it's appropriate to use physical spanking. Remember, it's not the norm. It's the exception, okay? But what the norm is, is we have to correct We have to correct our children. Can we correct without spanking? Yes. By teaching and warning, that is how we do it. What else is the guideline when it comes to uh, physical discipline? Ephesians chapter 6 and the verses 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And so when we are carrying out, spanking or physical discipline we have to do it in a way that will not provoke anger okay because it will just discourage him does it mean uh, the kind of discipline we're going to carry out will have no impact well if it's no impact it's not discipline what is one characteristic of discipline hebrews 12:11 no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful later on however it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it and so when it comes to physical discipline it has to be impactful enough it has to be painful enough not abusive doesn't cause injury but it should have an impact so that it produces the harvest of righteousness And so when we carry out the spanking, when we carry out the physical uh, discipline, what, however, must we keep in mind? Colossians 3.21, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. In other words, we have to be cautious when it comes to spanking. Because if we spank and we are overly harsh, we could, and if we spank all the time, right? We could embitter the child and discourage him. And so when we do spank to prevent us from creating bitterness in the child, what should we be aware of? James one twenty, human anger does not achieve God's righteous purpose. So if we're going to spank our child and we're angry, don't do it <laughs> because it's going to lead to abuse. This is why in the studies that were conducted when they studied physical uh, discipline, a lot of times those who enacted on the physical discipline, they did so with a lot of anger. We cannot do it while we're angry because if we do it while we're angry, what's going to happen? It's going to end up becoming physically abusive. If not physically abusive, it's going to be mentally or verbally abusive and so we have to be cautious we have to let the anger dissipate and we have to do it motivated based upon a loving relationship because that is our child that we are trying to correct and that's the whole point we are correcting our child we must never ever injure while we are disciplining our son or our daughter what else is uh being spoken of in Ephesians 6:4 when we when it comes to discipline We have to bring them back to proper instruction. That's what it means to bring them up. And so when it comes to disciplining our child, it begins with having a good relationship that shows a lot of affection, emotional support, a lot of love, right? Because unfortunately, in many households today, that's missing, you know? Fathers and mothers don't really take the time to know what's happening in their child's life. They don't take the time to say, I love you, or embrace them and say, I love you. You know, because when you lack, when the child lacks emotional support, they are very vulnerable. And when you add to that vulnerability, physical discipline, it's going to lead to rebellion. And so it always must be uplifting. We bring them up. So when we discipline, it's for the purpose of them learning instruction. That's the goal. It's to correct them so that they can find the correct instruction by which to live by And to do this, what's the best way to do this? I mean, how can we bring them up and lead them to proper instruction? Well, we know all about Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go to him and show him his fault. But do it privately, just between yourselves. If he listens to you, you have won your brother back. Can we not apply this to our children, right? I mean, if they did something wrong, yeah, we need to correct our son, our daughter, We have to show him his fault. And that's another point that I wanna make because when we inflict discipline, they have to know what they're being disciplined about. right? Not only that, they need to be shown what to do, how to do it right the next time because that's the purpose of correction. Purpose of correction is not just to punish the wrong that's been done, but to show him what the right thing to do is. This is why it begins by showing him his fault. However, when we do this, we need to do it privately. Not in front of everyone, because that leads to a whole problem of shame, right? When everybody sees that you've got discipline, it brings a problem of shame. And that's a difficult thing to unroot. And so if we apply this to better our relationship with one another, how much more a child who's very vulnerable, right? And so we have to do that Privately. Not only privately, the Bible says we have to also do it gently, in a gentle way. And so after the discipline has been done, we have to reconnect with our child. After he has been set right, after the faults have been shown and the right way to do it has been taught. After that, you have to reconnect so that you can continue to grow in a positive way so when it comes to spanking as you can see it plays a minor role when it comes to the purpose of discipline which is what correction correction so that the child will be on the right path to everlasting life okay all right let's go to our last question for today what kind of parenting style is taught by the bible before we go to parenting style we need to first understand what is the goal of parenting what do we want to achieve when it comes to parenting well the bible gives us the answer yahuwah god instructs us or tells us what our goal should be when it comes to parenting malachi 2:14 and 16 you cry out why doesn't yahuwah accept my worship i'll tell you why because yahuwah witness and the vows you and your wife made when you were young but you have been unfaithful to her Though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows, didn't Yahuwah make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says Yahuwah, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says Yahuwah of heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. So what is the goal of parenting? What does Jehovah God want in the union between husband and wife? What does the Bible say? The Bible wants godly children. So what is the purpose? What is the goal of parenting? It is to produce godly children. And if we want to produce godly children, Yahuwah God is highlighting something very important here. Do you know what has the most impact when it comes to our children? Do you know what it is? If you are a father or you are a mother and you want to produce godly children, the best thing you can do for your children is this. Be faithful and loving to who? Your spouse. Yeah. Because studies have shown one of the greatest stressors in the life of a child is when, hus- when their father and mother are fighting and they get divorced. Yeah, that's a trauma to a a young person, a great trauma that affects the child even when he or she becomes an adult. Yahuwah God knows that because after all, Yahuwah God is the one who created us. And so the most impactful thing we can do as a father, as a mother, for the welfare and well-being of our children is to treat our spouse with love and faithfulness. Do you know how important that is? The Bible says, you cry out. Yahuwah says, why doesn't Yahuwah accept my worship? And then Yahuwah says, because you have not been faithful to your wife. You see, if there is a way to invalidate one's worship of God, that's one way. When you are unfaithful to your, to your spouse, you are worshipped. Is nothing to Yahuwah our God. That's how important it is. Jehovah God says, I hate divorce. Why? Because it is not only cruel to the spouse, it is also cruel to the children. And so if we want to develop godly children, which is the goal of parenthood, it begins by solidifying the relationship between the husband and the wife. It must begin there. Otherwise, it will be an uphill battle not saying it's impossible, but it will be quite difficult. It begins with a loving relationship between husband and wife. So what is our parenting style? Well, if our parenting goal is to produce godly children, our parenting style must be modeling godly character, right? I mean, when we think about Yahuwah our God, he's compassionate. Yeah, he gets angry. Yeah, he punishes. But whenever there is judgment, there's always mercy. Compassion, love, right? Grace. So if that's Yahuwah God, we need to display and show the character of God in our daily life. This is the best way to do that. And so when it comes to parenting style, some of the experts who study parenting and the effects of certain styles of parenting made serve several studies and conclusions. There are basically four parenting styles. What are they? Well, one is the neglectful parenting style, which involves low emotional support, meaning there's no affection. There's no saying, Hi, son, I love you, right? There's no emotional support, nothing at all. And no boundaries, low control, no boundaries whatsoever. They can do whatever they want. And so this is an absent parent. He doesn't really care, doesn't spend time at all with their children. That's a neglectful parent, okay? You think that's a good kind of parenting? Absolutely not. Unfortunately, there are many parents who fall in that category. What else? What's the other kind of parenting? Another parenting style is the permissive parenting. They have a lot of emotional support. I love you, like pampering. I love you so much, son. You know, they, they spend a lot of time together with them, but they have few limits. In other words, there are no boundaries. The children can do whatever they want. Okay. That's also not a good one. What else? The third one is the authoritarian parent, which entails low emotional support, but with rigid limits, lots of boundaries, lots of rules. It's like living with a drill sergeant, you know, without the emotional support. So low emotional support, low affection, low loving, but lots of rigid limits. Rules that cannot be bent. No, no uh, excuses whatsoever. No, there's no uh, instances where the limits are suspended for the time being. Nothing like that. Very rigid limits. Okay. And last one, the last one is authoritative parenting, which shows high emotional support, but also limits, boundaries that are within reason. OK, about clear boundaries that they have set up, but they are reasonable and high emotional support, authoritative of the four parenting styles. Which do you think is the style that the Bible teaches? Is it number one? Neglectful? No. Permitive, Permissive? No. Authoritarian? <laughs> Definitely no, I, Unless you're a Pharisee. If you're a Pharisee, then that is an example of authoritarian parenting. Authoritative, most likely. How can we test that? Go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Remember, when it comes to authoritative parent, parenting, two things. Lots of emotional support, right? And clear, uh, clear boundaries. Clear boundaries. And so Ephesians 6, 4 tells us, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. By the way you treat them, rather bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So according to Ephesians 6.4, are there clear boundaries here? Yes or no? Yeah. What determines the boundaries? Instructions of Yahuwah our God, right? How about emotional support? Yes, the Bible says do not provoke your children by the way you treat them. And so we are mindful of the way we treat our children because we want to bring them up. There's emotional, loving, affectionate support provided by the parent to the child. And so we have here authoritative parenting style taught by the Apostle Paul, which is what we need to implement. When it comes to boundaries, we know the instructions of Yahuwah God is what we need to establish. How do we do that? Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so how can we establish that boundary in a way that will convince our children that this is the proper boundaries? Bible says we have to impress upon our children what? The commandments of God. Take note, we don't simply teach them the words of God. We have to impress upon them the words of God. How do we do that? Bible says there are two ways we do that. Number one, repetition. We do it formally, like do, during the worship service, during Bible studies, like this. Formally teach them and remind them about the words of God. How else? We do it informally and more powerfully by being a model for obeying the words of God. You know one The best thing we can do for our children is if we will live what we preach, right? Because if we tell our children to do something, but we don't do it ourselves, it will confuse them. And if we tell our children to obey the commands of God, but we disobey the commands of God ourselves, and they see that in us. Right, we tell them do not curse, and we curse. If we tell them do not get drunk, we get drunk. What are we communicating to our children? The words of God is only for show. It's not really for keeps. It'll just confuse them, right? But if we tell them to do this, and we live up to it, then it communicates a powerful message. These are the appropriate boundaries. I have freedom, yes, but within the boundaries of the laws. And the commandments of yahuwah our god so this is what we must do with our children the parenting style is to show them proper boundaries and at the same time give them a lot of loving support and relationship and when they grow up what two engagements must they be fulfilling for them to be happy for them to be a person who truly can be a son and daughter of God. Let's read one more passage, okay? Because we have the parenting goal. What is the parenting goal again? Godly children. How do we do it? Authoritative parenting style. What does that mean? Proper boundaries and a loving and emotional, supportive, encouraging relationship, right? And so what are their life goals, their their activities? What should it be focused on? Let's read the final passage of our studies today. Matthew 22, 37, 39. Yahushua replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we want to produce godly children, godly children engage in these two activities. What are they? Number one, loving who?" God. Number two, loving their neighbor. In other words, children who have a godly character, they are spiritually engaged. They worship God. They love God. They pray to God. They fear God. Okay? They're spiritually engaged. Number two, they're socially engaged. They're not socially aloof. In other words, they know where to fit in with society. They want to make positive impacts and changes with society. They want to contribute for the betterment of society because that's how you love your neighbor as your self. You see, Yahuwah God left us on this planet because he wants us to be change agents for society so that we can make contributions to help other people around us. And those who study well-being and happiness and peace, according to those who study and do a lot of research, the authoritative style is the style that leads children who are spiritually mature and socially engaged. And they are the ones who are happy. And so, brothers and sisters, this is what we want our children to develop. Spiritual engagement by committing their life to Yahuwah God and to Yahushua Mashiach, and social engagement. In other words, they, are, they, they care about people, about society. They're not in living in isolation. And thinking only about themselves, but how they can contribute to society as a whole. This is what we want to develop uh, within our children. This is why brothers and sisters, uh, where we have developed, or we are in the process of developing our children's ministry program, because we understand the challenges that many of the parents face today, like you know, a lot of questions about discipline, a lot of questions about upbringing a lot of questions about teaching values and so we are putting together a group and this group is going to put together a program for the children's ministry and when it comes to the children's ministry it has something to do with worship teaching our children about yahuwah god yahushua HaMashiach, and the commandments of god and also teaching parents how to do that, because the one whom God holds responsible for teaching religion, who are they? The parents. But sometimes parents don't know how to do that. So, part of the children's ministry is educating parents about parenting style, about different ways to teach the Word of God, which is reinforced by our students, our, our teachers who will teach our young. Uh, brothers and sisters in the faith. So if you are interested, okay, if you are interested in teaching children, if in the past you were teaching uh, during the worship services for the kids and you have a passion or a gift for doing that, um, please join us in our Zoom meeting. If you're interested in teaching children, have creative ideas for educational activities, have experience Experience working with children, if you want to help develop parenting skills, or you just have a passion for children's ministry, please register so that we can together create a program for the benefit and the well-being of our children, okay? So we will have our initial meeting July 17, which is a Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, okay? So if you want to be a part of the children's ministry, if you want to help in the shaping of our children, please do join us so that we can produce a great program with the help of Yahuwah God and Yahusha HaMashiach. Okay? Let us all, brothers and sisters, let us all stand, and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, you indeed are a Father that we want to model because you show grace, mercy, and compassion yes we know that you are holy yes and as your sons and daughters we do our best yes to live up to your standards but as human beings we have many faults yes we are truly fortunate because you are slow to anger yes and you give us opportunities to repent to change our ways father we ask and beg you yes. may you help us as parents to model the way that you have shown us love yes. to be able to teach them and correct them if necessary. Yes. That they will grow up to be true sons and daughters belonging to you. Amen. Father, may you please bless each and every one of us. Yes. There are challenges that we face because this world is filled with the kind of ideas that conflict with our faith. Yes. Help us, Father. To be able to make the right decisions. Help us. O loving Abba. To understand your ways. And to put them into practice. Ah. Our king Yahusha. Please bless your servants. Especially when we are called upon. To make difficult decisions. Impart upon us your wisdom. And we ask you to please remember. And bless. Our sons. Our daughters. Our children. Keep Ah. them safe. Shield them from negative and evil influences and may you help them to shape their character that it will be godly and filled with love that they will be fully engaged to know you and Abba and also do what they can to help society Ah. as a whole. Father, please continue to bless each and every one of us. Help us, Father, to be prepared for the upcoming day of our salvation. Ah. We ask and beg everything loving Abba In the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.